The Mac Observer's Mac Geek Ab number 309. Cool stuff found for Monday, January 10th, 2011. Greetings, folks, and welcome to the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Cab, the show where you write the agenda, you ask the questions, you send in your tips, and this week, you sent in cool stuff found. We added some of our own from Durham, New Hampshire. I'm Dave Hamilton. And here in Fairfield, Connecticut, John F. Braun. Did you have a good weekend, John? Uh, it was it was okay. Wait, did we get a no? We got we got a little dusting. Okay, dusting here. It actually was a was a nice uh, nice photo opportunity. All the ice and yeah. And in the trees and all that. And uh, and one of the things I'll mention later is, is going to help me with my photography, but we won't talk about that now. Oh, very cool. Yeah. No, I um I took the two kids and we went snowboarding yesterday, which was the first time I was on a uh, either snowboard or skis in probably almost 20 years, certainly 15 plus. And so that was interesting. It was in fact, we had a blast. We're, I think we're going to go again next weekend. So Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. I didn't break my arm, didn't break my legs. You know, it's good. That was, uh, that was sort of the concern. Are you going to talk about your attire? No. About the union suit that I wore underneath my, uh, my ski garb. Of course, <laughs> as you said, it's got an escape hatch and, and everything. So that's nice. Uh, Nico has sent something in hopefully to save us from this. He says, uh, I just stumbled over three nice little cool things found or cool stuff found in Snow Leopard that I didn't find mentioned anywhere else. Uh, For network printers, the appropriate driver is automatically downloaded, installed on the print client computer for a shared printer, uh, which is cool. In the print dialog appears a low ink warning button next to the PDF pop up. This is very handy. Yeah, absolutely. If you're not using a I guess even if you are using a networked printer, that's there. Uh, And then. Uh, this is one that, you know, I've been using Snow Leopard since the day it came out, John, and I never knew what this was. But in the print queue to the right of each print job, a little. And so this would be in the if you double click on your printer and kind of open it up from the dock while there are things in the queue uh, to the right of each print job is a little right pointing arrow is shown when clicked. A It uses quick view to show you exactly what is being sent to the printer which I never knew before. Uh, and, you know, of course, wow. we've been using Snow Leopard for a long time. So well, I didn't uh, either. Now for, now, for the ink thing, you know, I think that depends on the driver because the, the HP, or I had an older HP that I hooked up to the time capsule. Okay. So, you know, was a network printer in a sense. Sure. But I could never get the uh, supply levels. But now with the newer one that I have, I get the supply levels. And here's another neat thing. Last I checked, if you get the low ink warning, you also get a little supplies button. Yes. And maybe that's printer dependent, but if you click on that, it typically redirects you to the Apple site where you can okay. probably, you're probably not going to be, you're probably not going to be getting a break on, on the price, but it is kind of a right. neat feature. If you're in a hurry, oh gosh, you know, I need, I need to order ink immediately. Right. That it, it, uh, it steers you there. So the, the, that's something else I noticed that I think is, is kind of nice. Very cool. Very cool. Um, all right. Let's move on to Mark sent this in. Hi, Dave and John. Mark here from Canada with some cool stuff found. These are two pieces of software that are useful if you order or ship things regularly. Delivery status and delivery status touch from JuneCloud at junecloud.com. Delivery status is a dashboard widget that makes it simple to track packages. 
All you have to do is enter the carrier, tracking number, and a name. It does all the work for you. It gives you a little countdown in days to the expected arrival time, and you can turn on growl notifications if you want. Delivery Status Touch is an iPhone or an iPad app that does basically the same thing, but it also has push notification and can show your delivery on the map. It uses the built-in GPS to show your location and where your package is relative to you. Delivery Status is free, and Delivery Status Touch is only $2.99 from the App Store. Another cool feature they include is the free sync service. So if you add a package on one device, it syncs to all of them, and you can get updates on your Mac, your iPhone, your iPad, or even your iPod Touch. Cool. Well, thanks. That's, uh, that is cool stuff. You know, I use something similar, a, a thing, a web-based service, which now also has its own iPhone app called Track the Pack. Uh, and it's, of course, track, mm. trackthepack.com. And it, it's a similar kind of thing. The cool part, is, and it was developed by, uh, it's still owned by Josh Pigford, who was the original founder of the Apple blog uh, and at theappleblog.com. And, uh, and the cool thing is, not only can you go to the website and pump the stuff in, and then it'll track it for you. It'll give you email alerts, right, as things are either on the truck for delivery or out to be delivered, if you choose. You can turn that off. And then... You can also, when you get an email from, say, Amazon or really anybody that has shipping notification and has a tracking number in it, you can forward that. I think the email address is track at trackthepack.com. And as long as it comes from the email address that you have on file with them, so you have to send it from whatever address you signed up with, it'll automatically add that to your account. So it's really cool, especially, you know, last month with, with Christmas stuff being ordered or whatever. Uh, I get a shipping notification. I just forward it off to track the pack and boom, I could see where everything was and, and uh, really handy. So yeah, delivery status sounds like they do a lot of, you know, there's some similar things and some differences, but uh, yeah, definitely a cool, a cool product category, if you will. Nice. Yeah. I typically use the website of the, uh, of the carriers. I think almost all of them offer some sort of thing. The one thing I got to suggest though, if you ever use USPS, which having, worked in the mail industry. Um, I still like USPS, but if okay. you're going to ship something, get delivery confirmation. You get much better tracking information, right. I found. And it's only like 70 cents usually. Uh, I find it a lot more specific as to where the package is than uh, I think the regular tracking, you get maybe two notifications. One, okay, <laughs> when the person puts it in the system and the second one you get after, usually after you receive the package. Got it. Got it. <laughs> uh, that's good stuff. Uh, all right. Greg writes, uh, I found this app to be a Flickr must have. It's an app called Flickery at uh, eternalstorms.at. I've tried the new iPhoto 11 Flickr sharing, and it's buggy and not very functional like this app. They have good tutorials at the link below, which, of course, we'll put in the show notes and a 15 day free trial, which means that it's not free. And we'll uh, I'll pull up the price right here for you. Uh, cool. Have you ever used this, John? You do a lot with Flickr. Not a lot. I mean, they have integration in the various, uh, you know, iPhoto and, right. and some of the other tools. Um, one thing I have used now, Flickr does have their own tools. If you go to the Flickr site uh, slash tools, and that's actually one I've used. It's called, uh, and they have it for the Mac, and, and I think they also have some Java ones called Flickr Uploader, U P L O A D R, because, you know, they got a spelling problem over there. Yep. Or they dropped the E, but uh, they also have some free tools. So I'm sure this is uh, more sophisticated than. Uh, than what the Flickr guys are for you. Yep, it's 24 bucks, but, you know, try it before you buy it. Of course. Of course. Uh, you had you had one related to pictures. You said, John, is it time to share that? 
You know, I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's pictures, but it's kind of app store. So okay. as you know, I've, um, you know, I'm an aspiring photographer or I right. like taking pictures right. um, and some of them look pretty nice, I think. But I photo re- and I have pictures going back and I actually looked at my library the other day and my, my iPhoto library is about 80 gigabytes. I have stuff going back to like 2000. So I have at least 10 years worth of photos. Wow. Uh, with the various digital cameras that I've had. And iPhoto, I don't really think is meant to deal with a large database. No, never has been. Although it's each each version has gotten better, but yeah, it's still yeah, not good. Now, one thing you could do, and I think, uh, was it, what was it called? We, we mentioned in a prior show, there is a way to uh, split up your, uh, your okay. iPhoto. I, iPhoto library manager. Can't yes. live without it. Yep. So then I decided, you know what? I should take a look at Aperture. Now, Aperture is Apple's high-end photo management and editing yep. software. Um, it talks to and it can import your iPhoto library, though it takes a real long time, I'll tell you that. Okay. Um, but the nice thing, Dave, is that normally it's, uh, and you can still, I think we'll link to this, you can get a 30-day free trial. It's still available. Um, and, you know, they ship you a, a serial number. And you can try it for 30 days, see if it's for you. And, and it only took me a couple of days to realize that it does way more than iPhoto. Now the retail price of this Dave from the Apple site is two ninety nine, but if you get it from the App Store, seventy nine ninety nine. Wow, you, I don't think you can go wrong. I mean, that's a, that's you know a little bit more than the price of the entire iLife suite. Yeah, no kidding. So for eighty bucks, what it offers you, I mean, so in addition to having you know more adjustments and ways to tweak your photos, it also supports plugins from a number you know there's a lot of people that make plugins that work with aperture so yep. it's really a great opportunity i think to take the next step and, and i think they're they're passing on the benefits of the digital delivery there's no box there's no disc there's no serial number management or anything yeah, but you clearly the app store and download it yeah clearly though they've i mean they're they're still um i mean <laughs> it doesn't there's still a delta between the cost of delivery and all that stuff and 79 bucks versus what 299 you said it, it, it's still it's a true 299 if you want to order it in a box uh, that's the full retail price yes wow huh well that's cool and i noticed one more piece of software so speaking of app store i'll, I'll throw this other one because yeah, it's a real ahead. quick one it's something you and i had looked at in the past dave and and i actually wanted to revisit it and check it out apple remote remote desktop okay that's another one, two ninety nine or more. I think it's two ninety nine for a ten client license and four ninety nine for an unlimited. Okay, from the app store, and I just checked it out to, to see how much. Also seventy nine ninety nine. Now it, it may be, and, and you saw it, it may be overkill. I mean, if you're only managing one computer, it, it's probably you know overkill. But if if you're in either a household with a lot of computers or in a in an enterprise, though I don't know if they're issues with buying it in an enterprise setting right someone advised me of that perhaps that but hey for 80 bucks if, if you got you know more than a few machines it, it's a nice way to see what they're up to to install software remotely to to monitor them yep and the capability is built right into uh you know if you go to system preferences and sharing there is a, a way uh, i don't even think you have to install any software on the clients you just have to no. enable uh remote management that's right that's right. So, uh, but both these packages originally being three hundred bucks, and now they're eighty bucks. I, I think that's a. Well, I think it's just to help make the store successful. I think you might be right. Yeah. No. You, you know, um, it was interesting because I saw that this weekend that you know that they had or last week that they had put ARD Apple Remote Desktop up for 
70, 80 bucks or whatever. And I thought, huh, you know, cause I was a huge, uh, regular user of ARD just here at kind of the house slash office. Now I've got one, two, three, four, five, six computers. Right. And, and invariably I'll be in one place, either the house or the office and want to control a computer that's in the other. And, and ARD was by far the, you know, the best way to deal with that. Um, and it's great. But then when snow leopard came out and it had screen sharing built in, I found that, you know, I don't launch ARD much anymore. Now, to be fair, screen sharing only does screen sharing, but that's all I was mm. using ARD for. Of course, ARD will also let you, like you said, install software and you can get reports and all that. But I've, I I find as, you know, oh, I wasn't going to say just a normal home user because I know I'm not normal, but, uh, you know, I'm a geek, right? I mean, let's face it. But even for me, ARD, I find it overkill. But if you are man, if you're truly managing these machines and you want to push updates to all these machines at once, uh, then, it, you know, it could it could work. Uh, now, one weird work. thing I noticed that it didn't let me do, and maybe this is one of the downsides of the mini. So one feature that it potentially can let you do is not only shut remote machines off, but turn them on. Now, they, they warn me, and, and maybe I'm just uh, misconfigured here, because I wanted to turn on my mini from remote. And it says, well, it has to be, you know, because I think it's Wake on LAN is what it's called. It has to be hooked up by Ethernet, and it is. But when I tried it, it said... Mac mini does not support it was something specific and it said, sorry, the mini doesn't support this. Maybe that's just the particular controller or maybe the, you know, the higher end machines uh, support that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, while we're on the subject of screen sharing, uh, Kirshen actually has something that believe it or not is an audio comment here, John, I think. Right. Maybe. Hello, John and Dave. It's Kirshen from Cedar Rapids, Iowa here, with a tip on how to create a shortcut to open a screen sharing connection. I found these from an Apple discussion forum post, and I'll put the link in my email. There are two ways to achieve this. You can use Automator and use the run shell script action and replace the default cat command with the text open vnc colon forward slash forward slash computer address you can use either the dotted quad standard ip address such as 192.168.0.1 or the computer name dot local syntax used with bonjour for the computer address alternatively you can use safari type the following address in the safari location bar vnc colon forward slash forward slash computer address Again, you can use a dotted quad or bonjour syntax for the computer address. When you hit return, screen sharing will launch and connect to the specified computer. You can now drag the URL in the location to the desktop or wherever and create a shortcut. You can now double-click that URL file to connect. Thanks for all that you do in MacGeekdom and keep up the great work. Awesome. Well, thanks, Christian. That's pretty cool. I like it. And, and we do have the link to this uh, that we'll put in the show notes, of course. Anything to add to that, John? I mean, that was sort of wrapped up our, our nice little no, I, ARD. I that. Yeah, that's yeah, good stuff. Uh, Kirshen sent something else in. Uh, Kirshen is also a uh, programmer in her own right. And writes, uh, just wanted to let you know that I've posted an automator action called add prefix string on my site free range coder.com. 
It lets you prepend a string to input text, created it to add a URL stub to the input string. Imagine so that it starts with HTTP colon slash slash. Uh, I've also put up the source code, Xcode project, and links to the Apple developer site for an automator action tutorial. So you can check all that out at freerangecoder.com. Uh, I can see where that would be very handy inside an automator script, too. You still have you done stuff with automator, John? Are you? Yeah, no. Um, not a lot. The, the last thing I did was when we had this one um, question about iCal. Yeah, right. Yeah, it was scheduling something, and, and yeah, I was able to create an automator action to, uh, yeah, to cause something. Oh, I think it was to connect to a network volume. That, that was the question. Right, so we had someone right. that wanted to, on a regular basis, to mount a network volume, and, and there's a way within iCal to launch an automator action. So I was able to do that. That, yeah. that was kind of neat. And, and I do have one, a third-party one. This is still something that bugs me, is iWeb. iWeb has one annoying feature in that if you want to insert stuff like a Google, Google Analytics, uh, yeah. once iWeb updates the site, it scrubs all that code out of there. So somebody wrote, and I even threw a few bucks at them, uh, wrote an automator action that will basically go through all your websites and add the, uh, you know, the, the, the code that you can use with Google Analytics. So to make sure that they can track uh, your every move on the web, right? Yeah, well, no, yeah. I like to, I, I assume we use it on the site or we use something. We, yeah, we do. Well, we use a couple different things. We use, er, well, what is now Google Analytics. It was uh, previously a product called Urchin that Google purchased and then made available for free. And it is, it, it's fantastic analytics, um, but it's not entirely real time, meaning, you know, I think the data is usually about three hours old. So we put something else up there called that we use called mint um, available at have a mint.com. And uh, it's for pay, but it's, you know, relatively short money. It's less than 50 bucks, I think for the, for the software. And, and it uses a little JavaScript thing, very, very similar in its implementation to Google analytics. But the cool thing is we have data immediately. And then uh, we wrote a, uh, a little thing to link with our publishing system so we can see real time trends with articles and, and all that stuff. It's, it, it's actually really, really cool stuff. Um, so check that out. If you're, if you, if you want to have a mint, I think it's like 30 bucks, maybe 40, but it's, it's certainly hmm. way less than 50 and it's, it's great to obsess about and, and it's all module based and you can, you can add their modules. They've got third party modules that you can download and try out. You can pick which ones you want to use and which ones you don't. And like I said, we wrote we wrote one or two of our own that track some, you know, just some things that we wanted to kind of customize. So. Uh, our first sponsor here is and, and this, you know, these cool stuff found shows. You, it's uh, it's always cool because we get to talk about uh, a sponsor, which has cool stuff, too. And Bare Bones is our first sponsor for this show. And what we're talking about today is Yojimbo. Yojimbo is definitely a cool stuff found contender from my point of view. Uh, the way Yojimbo works is it's a data repository for basically everything else in your uh, computing life. You've got your email and that's in your email program. You've got your calendar and that's in your calendar program. But what about all those other little bits of data that you sort of accumulate? Little text snippets, little uh, PDFs. Um, you know, th things that that are different types of data, but you just want to store them all together 
And, and I have, I use Yojimbo to track all kinds of different things. I, I store a little tech info in there. I store all my um, serial numbers from applications that I, you know, when I go and register a piece of shareware or whatever, in fact, even my Yojimbo serial number is stored inside Yojimbo. Uh, I, I then have, and you can organize it all by collection. So I have a, a collection in there called Mac Geek Cab. And inside that is where I dump when you folks write us email and we reply. And, and now we've got a little something that we can go and use in the show. I throw that out as a PDF inside Yojimbo. And then I have a text file in Yojimbo that I go and I build the agenda and I drag all that stuff out. And then John, you get it as PDFs and RTF files and it, it works great. It syncs with mobile me and it actually the, with, with mobile me as it stands right now, the syncing has been working in, in incredibly well. Uh, so, you know, I prepped the show down on my MacBook Pro this morning, this morning, I let mobile me do its thing. And magically, all this stuff is sitting up here on the uh, iMac in the studio. So that that's Yojimbo. Yojimbo, of course, is uh, available as a free trial download for the Mac. And then it is thirty eight ninety nine for an individual license. And then there's Yojimbo for iPad which right now is one way, meaning you can get the data from your Mac to the iPad. It's $9.99 in the App Store, and uh, and you can see all your Yojimbo data there, uh, and perhaps they'll add right to it. We don't know, but uh, but that's available in the App Store. So you can check all this out at barebones.com, but that's Yojimbo and Yojimbo for iPad available uh, for the Mac and the iPad. All right. Uh, you know, we had... On a previous, I think it was even a Cool Stuff Found show, John, we had a, a discussion about the, and I guess it wasn't, I guess it was a regular show, about how to get the uh, the paper tape view happening in the calculator inside mm-hmm. OS X. You remember that? Yes? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, it's a hidden, a cleverly hidden in one of the menus. Somewhere. That's right. Well, uh, Joe writes... With all the talk of adding machine on the Mac, I thought I'd chime in. I, too, was looking for that type of functionality, but instead on my iPhone. While at the bank depositing a few checks, I found myself adding up the checks twice to be sure I was right and to be sure I didn't miss anything. Then I thought, wouldn't it be nice if there was an app that had a virtual tape? As a result, my iPhone app adding tape was born. Uh, and I've checked it out, and it does exactly what you would think. It shows you the the, the running total. And, uh, and it's available in the app store and I'm going to, well, I don't, is it safe to pull this up while we're recording? It's two 99 in the app store and hopefully it doesn't try to launch iTunes. Good. Yes, it is two 99 in the app store. So, uh, a Mac geek inspired app, if you will. So I think that's very, very cool stuff for a lot of reasons. Have you, did you uh, check it out there, John? Or haven't you yet? You did good. Not yet. Oh, not yet. No. All right. Uh, there's a promo code for you, you now in the, uh, in the, Oh yeah. Email. Okay. I still use my abacus. Okay. <laughs> you got to hold on to some things, right, John? We've, we've dragged you kicking and screaming into the future. I can't really complain, right? No, but I often do use the, the regular calculator on, uh, on my iPod touch. Like when I'm going, uh, Oh yeah. Going shopping and stuff. Yeah. Like it's they handy. have, you know, like they have a, uh, you know, like at one of the local grocery stores here, they have a, you know, a, a 10% off if you buy over $50. So I try to come within, you know, like a couple of cents of that. And the cashier is always like, wow, you $50 and three cents. How'd you do that? <laughs> um, hey, you know what? I started using when, when, uh, Lisa was recovering from, uh, surgery earlier 
this uh, this uh, winter, I guess. Uh, she was on the couch for a couple of weeks and she's fine now. Everything's good. But, you know, I was doing the grocery shopping again, which I haven't really taken care of. I mean, I've gone to the grocery store, but I haven't been in charge of the household grocery shopping uh, or really even involved in it probably in the last, you know, 10 plus years since we had kids. We used to do all the shopping together, but then we sort of split things up. Uh, and so I, I used this app called Grocery Pal. And uh, it was free uh, for the iPhone. And it's. Uh, cloud-based in that you can share your grocery list amongst, you know, multiple people and keep kind of moving things around. And then you organize it. You can tell it, okay, well, you know, um, milk and, you know, bread and bacon are all in one aisle at the grocery store. And, you know, you kind of organize all this stuff and, and then it, you can tell it, give me the list and the order that all this stuff is going to appear in the store. And it's fantastic. Wow. Oh yeah, dude. It, I mean, you know, well, I'm, I'm male, right? So therefore when I'm shopping, I prefer the surgical strike method. Tell me exactly what I'm going to go get and boom, I'm going to go do it and I'm going to get it for the right price and, you know, quickly. And I don't, I'm not going to mess around. I don't want to do anything else. It's just kind of how my mind works. Right. So, mm. uh, so this app totally feeds into that because I hate nothing more than getting to aisle six and realizing, Oh crap. There's something on the list. That's aisle one. Now I've have minions with me, right? I would bring the children. So I'd say, all right, you know, tell my son, you aisle one. He's like, got it. You know, and he'd go off and he'd come back and here it is, you know, great. So it all worked out, but, uh, but this made it even more efficient. So, Oh, and, and the kids don't load up the, uh, the cart with, you know, extra requests. No, you know, they, <laughs> I think they, they really had worked on my wife. They, they'd really kind of massaged her into buying all kinds of different stuff. And she might buy a better brand of this or a more expensive brand of that. And, uh, and, or, you know, things that we just didn't need. And of course me, I'm ruthless at the store with that stuff. It's like, no, look, this is the cheaper one. You can tell by looking at the, you know, you compare the, the price per unit kind of thing and, uh, and you're done. And the kids hated it. They hated it, <laughs> especially my daughter. My son got into it, but my daughter's like, I can't wait till mommy does the shopping again. But I was spending like half our grocery bills got cut, cut in half when I was doing the shopping. Of course, I was. Of course, of course, I was. No, really I do the buying. same thing. I'm, yeah. I'm ruthlessly, ruthlessly a fit. Yeah, always look at the unit price. That, right. That's pretty much the only thing I zoom in on. And if I have a coupon, you know, I'll recalculate it. And I'm like, yeah, okay, it's cheaper. Yeah, but I wound up buying this bread, man. That was, I mean, this stuff couldn't even hold itself together. It, it was bad news. I, I, I realized that, you know, you got, you got to have certain standards here and, 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 you know, I had to adjust my, my buying habits over the, whatever it was, three or four weeks that I was doing the, uh, mm -hmm. the grocery shopping. Cause this bread, bread was terrible. I mean, it was, it, what this lets you do is it's a multiple user Gmail, uh, application. And, and it does, it, it kind of sandboxes multiple Gmail sessions. So you don't have to log out of one in order to log into the other. Uh, you know, it, it uses WebKit, but it bakes these separate WebKit sessions in. At least that's my interpretation of what they've done. I mean, who knows what, how, they, how they really did it, but that's, that would be the simplest way in my, you know, never having programmed on uh, objective C mine, but uh, it's pretty, pretty cool. Uh, and, and available as, uh, as she said, for three bucks in the app store for the iPad. So if you have multiple users and you kind of have the iPad as your coffee table sort of machine, don't log in in Safari, let Safari kind of be the general purpose browser, get rid of the mail app or, you know, move that off and then just use little, uh, mailboxes as your Gmail client on the thing. And you're good. Good to go. Kind of heads the iPad down that app of, or uh, down the, uh, 
function path of using it as a general purpose, you know, kind of multi-user machine, which would be great if Apple did that because it's a killer coffee table device, if you will. iPad people. Oh, you don't have one, do you? I'm shocked. I still got the the iPod touch. I know, but I think the, I think I I keep thinking of you as like the perfect iPad user because you're always sort of bouncing around your house and you know, you've got your computing device of choice in your hand or whatever. And the iPad makes that so much better, especially sitting on the couch. I'm surprised you haven't, haven't taken that plunge yet. No, my, you know, my MacBook um, still does it for me. Right. Right. Yeah. That's see, that's what the, that's what it would replace effectively. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not ready yet. I know. You know. Again, again, I'm, you know, so I just got the mini. Come on. I know. I know. Where um, are you going? Okay. You back? <laughs> What's that? I'm back. Oh, you know, I just leaned away from the mic a little bit. Um, so, you know, I am an iPad user and the iPad is a device that screams for a case. And the reason I say that is it, it's certainly fine to hold, but oftentimes you want to prop it up. Even on my, uh, even on my legs, you know, if I'm using it on the couch, I kind of like to prop it up a little bit. Or if I'm watching a movie on a, you know, on an airplane or some sort of, you know, other environment, you, you don't want to have to just hold it necessarily. And so I've always used a case and I started with the Apple case and I tried a couple others. And then uh, last month I found the case that, uh, that I absolutely love. Casemate sent us a bunch of stuff and in this box was what they called the uh, Venture iPad case. Now, they sent me one in brown. It's it's actually a really nice kind of brown leather. Um, it's not cheap. It's 90 bucks. And and you can wait till there's a sale because over Christmas, I was I, I bought one for my father-in-law. And I think it was like, you know, less than 60, which is still expensive, uh, but totally worth it. It's got, um, you know, the visual things are so hard to describe. Check it out. But it's got a snap to kind of close it, fold itself closed. So the screen is protected when not in use. And then you flip the top over and it's got two snaps on the back that let you det- kind of not fully detach, but kind of de-hinge the top. It's almost like a snake's mouth and it opens up a little further and then you flip it around and it sits on itself and uh, sits propped up or however you want it. it. And it really, really works well. It, it's, it's the best iPad case in terms of what feels good in your hand and what's just natural to, to use. And, uh, and my father-in-law fell in love with his, my, my family loves this one that I have. So, uh, so it's definitely worth checking out again. It's not cheap. It's not a whim purchase. You know, you, you want to research this and take a look. They've got a couple of videos on there that, that show it being used in, in kind of the ways that I'm describing, but totally worth it. And if uh, this one ever broke, uh, I would, I would not hesitate to spend the 90 bucks to, to replace it. So, uh, it is good stuff. And then, uh, while we're on the subject of cases, you know, when I travel, John, I, and I do put my iPhone in a case because it's bound to break, right? Otherwise. Um, but when I travel, most of the hotels I wind up staying in have clock radios that have little iPod docks. And I like to listen to music and I always wind up using these things. And I also use that white noise app. Have, have I talked about that on the show before, John? You don't know. Maybe. Mm, 
So I, I think you may have, and, and it put me to sleep. Okay, that's right. Yeah, so it's right. It's exactly that. It kind of generates white noise, and they've got you know probably a hundred different presets from campfire sounds to running water and all that. And I I use that in hotel rooms to drown out you know the noise of you know paper thin walls and whatever else is going on around. And so I plug that in, and it's nice because it charges my iPhone while it's kind of using the speakers of the clock radio. But the problem is in a inside any case I've ever used uh, the dock connector is, you know, too recessed to work in those sorts of things. It works fine for plugging in a charger, but otherwise it doesn't really work. Well, spec who makes some of my favorite cases that they call the candy shell cases. Uh, they created an iPhone four candy shell that they call the flip. And it is built for exactly that purpose. You can flip the bottom kind of over on the back. It looks like a kickstand, but they, they make it clear. Look, this thing's not built to hold up the iPad for any length of time. So don't use it as a stand, but you flip it out and then you put it in a dock. And of course the dock holds it then and it works great. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I will, sw I will use that case for, uh, for Macworld Expo later this month, because I think we have iPod dockable things in our hotel rooms at the intercontinental. So, so those are my, those are my two cases. You haven't, you have anything to add, John? Um, well, so, some a little different, but you know, I was talking yeah. about my mini. Yeah. And you know, we talked about the new Apple uh, support profile site. And, um, right. you know, I decided, you know, and they have a button in there showing Apple Care, And I'm like, you know what? I better get Apple Care. Now, we did talk that I was able to find the best price. Right. Uh, from buy.com. But I didn't get it from buy.com. I got it from Amazon. And I'll tell you why, Dave. So, number one, I had a gift card that I got for a Christmas present. Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, so, that was basically free money. Mm -hmm. And then, and I don't know if you've seen these machines. These machines are kind of cool. I think it's the same people that do Redbox. It's called Coinstar. Yeah. Yeah, we use that here. I know. Yeah, go ahead. Tell people what that is. Well, here's something I say. It's basically a change counting machine. Now, right. and what happens a lot of places now. So if you go to a bank, a lot of times, unless you're a member at the bank, they'll nail you with a service fee, whether it be 5% or more. And actually, Coinstar does this as well. Like right. the one I went to, they'll nail you for like 9% service fee to count your change and give you a, a, cash. You know, a voucher for cash. But if you get an Amazon gift card code... They give you the full value for yep. your coinage, which I mean, how, how good does it get? So, so if you buy and, and it's not just Amazon, it's a lot of other people. So basically right. between the gift card and, you know, some uh, extra change I had coming around, I, uh, I got Apple care for for way cheap. Oh, so, yeah. So these machines yeah. are really neat. Uh, again, you're going to get nailed if uh, if you don't get it on a gift card for somebody. Um, right. Well, actually, I found the other way you can. Uh, get a voucher for cash uh, one of them i used one time apparently the modem was broken and if the modem is broken and it tries to dial out it will say up oh, communications failure here's a voucher for the full value and they will waive the uh the, the service charge because they screwed up so now, if, i'm not encouraging if, say, anybody one of to reach the, one of the kids were messing around behind the machine and happened to knock the phone cable out that'd be a shame right it was definitely i guess they're going low budget with these machines because i definitely heard a modem <laughs> dialing up to amazon you know once i put the money in there to basically download the uh, the gift code which i then right. input uh, online but no it's a you know between that and redbox i mean and, and redbox i love redbox too for uh, oh yeah renting renting the movies for for cheap yep uh you know i mentioned travel and and we love our we love us some travel geek gab stuff here uh francis wrote uh Let's see. I heard you talking about a small bag for traveling on a plane. And I did in, in a podcast quite a while back. Uh, I talked about how I keep all the stuff that I'm going to use at my seat 
I put in one kind of pouch inside my carry on. So when I get to my seat, I don't have to dig out my iPod and my iPad and my headphones or whatever other junk I might want during the flight. I just grab this one pouch. It's all in there. I zip up my carry on. I throw it in the overhead bin. It's not mucking around at my feet. And then I just have this one little pouch. Well, uh, he found something at Magellan's.com that, uh, that is exactly this, but built to sit on the seat back to uh, so the tray table in front of you. It kind of hangs from that and it's 30 bucks. It's called the slimline in-flight organizer organizer panel. And it has all these pouches and everything you'd ever want. And then it also folds up and zips closed. And, uh, and he took some pictures of it. They've got, they've got some on the site, but, uh, but he took some pictures and it, it looks fantastic and it looks to do exactly he says, I live in England, but uh, thought it was so great. I have it sent over, sent over for both my husband and myself. Sorry, Francis is a, a woman. Uh, and uh, we are travel journalists and fly somewhere at least once a month, sadly, always in the back of the plane. And anything that can help uh, and stop us scattering our stuff around is great. This bag attaches to the back of the tray table, as I said. Uh, and you can still use the tray table as there is enough room between the tray table and the bag and your knees when it is down. It really works while corralling all your odds and ends. The net pocket is just the right size for our Sony ebook readers. And there's another pocket in the back, which I can fit my MacBook air into uh, in the black cover in, oh, in one of the pictures uh, fold in half and zipped up. You fit it right into your main carry on bag. One more tip to ensure no one squashes my computer unexpectedly on my tray table. I always ask the person in the seat in front just to tell me if he wants to put his chair back nine times out of 10. They never do put their seat back. And then if they do, at least I am warned. So, yeah, very cool. This is awesome, Francis. Thank you for sending this our way. Moving along. Anything, John? Let's move. Okay. Uh, on Twitter, Boss uh, sent us a link for an app at selfcoded.com called Just Notes. This is a Mac app for connecting to and editing your Simple Note uh, notes. Simple Notes, an app that we mentioned in the past for the iP I, uh, iPhone and iPad. And uh, this Just Notes app, it's actually an awesome way to sync with Simple Note on your Mac. And you can do all kinds of stuff. But it's, it's really straightforward and simple and just like just what you'd want. So thanks for, uh, thanks for sending that our way. And along those same lines, Andy tells us about uh, another app that will do the same thing. He calls it, uh, or he doesn't call it, he found it. It's Notational Velocity at Notational.net. And he said this is a free, as in both speech and beer, app that lets you easily work with a folder of text files or notes, search them, and so forth. And the best part, of course, is that it syncs with SimpleNote automatically and over the air. Of course, you have to put in your login, but it, after you do that, it's totally automatic and instant. I use it as a place to dump random notes, thoughts, and such. I can get to them anywhere, even if I'm mobile, and I can find just by searching. So there you go. Two Mac apps to connect to SimpleNote. And then Matt writes, anything to use simple note, John? No. Okay. Uh, Matt writes, he, he wants to uh, make sure we've all not forgotten about an app called macaroni, which is at atomicbird.com. He says macaroni runs these maintenance tasks on a regular schedule, regardless of when your Mac is on. If a scheduled maintenance task is not run when it's normally scheduled, macaroni automatically ensures that it is run at the next opportunity whenever the Mac is on. So, a cool stuff found that also solves our problem 
that uh, that we were talking about with maintenance tasks recently. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at the mini. It, it did run daily on the ninth, but it um, yeah. not today. Yeah, I think um, yeah, I think we're uh, gonna have to get gonna have to install that on here. All right, cool. We'll check it out, and uh, you you would be a perfect test case because I don't have a machine where I, this is a problem. I, I I can't seem to uh, I can't seem to make it happen. Uh, all right, uh, George. George writes. Hi, George. He writes, I'm writing to recommend a Mac software program I found by the most fortuitous and persistent Googling. I sure didn't know I was looking for super flexible file scheduler until I came across one lonely reference to it in a user comment on a blog. Perhaps it was hiding in plain sight and is just well known. Googling super flexible may not find the software, uh, but is certain to find Natasha super flexible girl on YouTube. Since Natasha's on YouTube, I presume she's safe at work, but I didn't watch her whole video to confirm. Looking forward to revisiting her tonight on the 60-inch TV. All right, so I'm reading now the random thoughts of George. Anyway, uh, what does Super Flexible Folder Synchronizer do? Number one, it passes the enhanced backup bouncer test. Probably true as the recent Super Folder Filer Friender Thinger now handles Quicken files, which I learned by having them mangled by an old version of Dropbox. So it syncs, syncs change files in a flash. It syncs files to the cloud and back. It zips and encrypts files going to the cloud or your hard drive with 256-bit AES encryption and unencrypts files coming back on the fly. Offers very granular control of your sync. Has many other features, including a built-in scheduler. And uh, George said he is using it seamlessly with Amazon S3's cloud, uh, though it works with many clouds, including MobileMe. So uh, there's a 30-day free trial, and then there's various different licenses at uh, various different prices. But super flexible file scheduler sounds like a winner if you want something like Dropbox, but want to have a whole lot more control over what it does for you. So, and it is superflexible.com. Let's see, there is, uh, I'm trying to look here. There's a pro version for 60 bucks and a regular version for 35. So, but it's a free 30 day trial. Of course, you have to provide your own cloud with that. Uh, Amazon S3, you can sign up for your own storage bin there. And of course, MobileMe gives you your iDisk, which is what this would link to. Any thoughts, John? Oh, I, I got one cool thing. Yeah, go. Mention it. Yeah. So, you know, we were talking a little while ago about uh, things that you find in your menu bar, Dave. Yeah. And, you know, I did a little digging, and this is a place that you can look. And you, you can even look now, Dave, but I'm going to tell you where to go. Okay. System, library, core services, menu extras. Okay. And you, look at you, that. Want me to, you want me to look now? Oh, okay. So system. Well, you don't have to, but. Uh, oh, I'm going here. Library, core services. Uh-oh. It's, it's spinning a lot, John. I'm, I'm worried what's going to happen here. Did you make it reboot, uh, re reformat my computer here? No, Menu no, no, no. extras. Okay. Oh, boy. Look in okay. There. Now, some of them are already activated in, the, in your menu bar. Right. Some of them, if you click on them, will do nothing. But some of them, if you click on them, will bring up things that you, uh, you may not be aware of. Oh. So everybody take a look in there. Interesting. Like one is, I think, Inkwell. Like, for example, I don't have that activated probably because I don't have a, uh, you know, a device that, right. that can support that. But if you click on it, it'll bring up a menu extra up in your menu bar. So, uh. so that's where all those guys live. 
At least huh. the ones that Apple provides. And then to get them, let's say you put Inkwell up in your menu bar and now you don't want it there anymore. Do you remember how to get it out of your menu bar? Well, as with any of them, uh, is it uh, option? Command drag. Or, or command. I'm sorry. Command drag. Yep. And uh, yeah, and you drag it off the menu bar and then you get a little poof of smoke. So, uh, That's right. so you may find something in there that, uh, that you, you didn't know you, you needed. <laughs> Which is really what these cool stuff found shows are about, isn't it? All the stuff that you didn't know you needed. Mm-hmm. That's what it comes down to. Yep. You know, we get complaints about these shows, John, uh, but the only complaints really? are that they, yeah, because oh. they're expensive for people. Right. And it, this is a, it, not an isolated complaint. People say, oh yeah, I listened to that show. And then suddenly, you know, I spent a bunch of money, which is great. And I've got something here that you can spend your money on. Uh, it is something we've mentioned before. It is a new sponsor to wow. Mac Geek Gab Coingo software. And today we are talking about Air Radar 2. This has become my favorite uh, Wi-Fi scanning app long before they were sponsors. Very happy to have them on board, as we are all of our sponsors. Uh, but this was another perfect fit for uh, for the show. So Air Radar uh, is a wireless network scanner. You launch it and tell it go, and it goes and scans all of the you know Wi-Fi that's available to you. Tells you everything it possibly can about it. Uh, you know things like what encryption type, of course, the name, if the name is public, what channel it's on, what frequency that channel happens to be, uh, what speeds it will do, the MAC address of the router, uh, signal strength and all that stuff. And it'll even graph that over time. So you can kind of move around your, if you're say you're trying to figure out if having your Wi-Fi, uh, you know, your airport base station in one spot works for everywhere in your house, you can sort of move around and see if the signal strength drops and how it does. And then, uh, did you have something to add here, John? No, I'm just thinking okay. this is a perfect tool for when we have, because uh, we, we frequently get, you know, people asking about, you know, crummy signal strength and positioning their base station. And, right. and this sounds like a perfect tool to profile your environment and, and yep. find out what's, uh, if you got a dead spot or, or what. And That's you can cool. also see what your neighbors are using, right? And you can find <laughs> out, well, no, because it's important to see. No, I know. If they, you know, if your neighbor's on channel one, well, then you don't want to be on one or anything close to it. You know, you want to be on six or 11. Really, really cool stuff. Uh, And it will just continue to scan and scan and and uh, and like I said, graph all that stuff. It it is one of my favorite things. Uh, A 15 day trial is available from Coingo SW. That's K-O-I-N-G-O-S-W dot com. It's called Air Radar. It's version 2.1. Uh, it's 19.95 once you're ready to order it. Uh, I've been a, I've owned it for a long time and couldn't possibly have imagined not. Uh, so very very happy to have Coingo on board as a sponsor, of course, and uh, encourage you to check that out. It's a free trial, can't go wrong. So that's uh, AirRadarCoingoSoftware.com. All right, uh, I've got another app that's hard to explain. Well, maybe not. Cool stuff found that I found and now I keep on my iPhone is an app called Prismo. It, it works, believe it or not. What I'm going to tell you what it does, but but you're you're going to have a hard time believing that it actually works, but it really, really works. Uh, it's a scanner that uses the camera in your iPhone and then does OCR optical character recognition on whatever it's scanned. So I can take, uh, in fact, I can take the agenda of the show that's right in front of me. I launch it and I click the text button. Now I can either scan right from the camera or from a previously taken picture that's, you know, in my, in my photo album. 
But, uh, you know, I open it up. It's got a cool little grid so you can line things up and get it right. And then, uh, you know, you take your picture and it pulls the picture in. And I say, uh, you know, you see the little preview and you say, yeah, that's cool. And then you choose OCR and you say, uh, you know, optimize this thing and it'll do its deal. And yes, I want to do English. And so go. And uh, it uses an OCR engine right inside the iPhone and it will do this and everything I've tried it with, it's got really, really close. I mean, it, you know, it's OCR, it's not perfect, but what gets really cool is when you're not in text mode and you go into like what they call business card mode, somebody gives you your business card, you snap a picture of it in your hand, it parses it. And then it'll add it to your address book on the iPhone, which if you're a mobile me user, then syncs back with your Mac. Really, really cool. And the fact that it works is what blows me away because, you know, I mean, we've all seen it. it it's the kind of thing where the concept sounds awesome, but if it didn't work, it's like you'd be you know, frustrating. But uh, you can also um, they've got a, a, a thing where you can capture a bill. Uh, from like a, at a restaurant, if you want to split up the bill. Now I'm somebody, and then, and this is going to be a liability here because somebody's going to take advantage of it. But if I'm out to eat with you and you uh, start wanting to nickel and dime about the bill, uh, it, that pisses me off to no end. I will not do that. We've we've shared a meal here. If we're going to split it, we split it fifty fifty. And if we're not doing that, then I'm just going to take the bill and and pay it, and then I'll never go out to eat with you again. That's how I work. Okay. <laughs> I just, I hate that. You know, it's like, well, I had one soda and you had two and the, the, forget that, you know, no, 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 I'm going to say, you know, I got together with a bunch of coworkers. Oh, more than one person. It's different. More than one person okay. that changed because we did split it evenly though. Everybody got Chinese and one guy got a $10 martini. Oh, so he basically, no, you can't. Like double, yeah. To, to me, that was a disproportionate. Though, again, it wasn't a lot of money, but but it was. Uh, now, if everybody had a drink, then I'd say it's fine. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm with you with two people. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. And if one guy has a soda the, and the other one has a has a drink, doesn't matter. Just go. It's split it down the middle, and that's it. That's as far as I'm willing to go with it. Um, well, I'm. Uh, that's why I always do a dinner with you, Dave. I know. <laughs> Whenever I can. I know. Uh, but it's got a thing. If you're one of those people that, especially with if you're with a group of people, you know, you, you take a picture of the uh, the bill, you scan it, it breaks it out, and you put it in bill mode so it knows to break it out by item and price, and you can go through and you can and you can say, okay, John had that, you know, Freddie had this, Dave had that, and uh, boom. You know, it'll tell you what you owe and you put in how much tip you want. and It'll calculate each person's share of that. And you can drive yourselves crazy with it. And I will never use that feature. It drives me crazy. Uh, but that's not to yeah. speak poorly of Prismo. That's just my own little thing. Uh, <laughs> so this is also Prismo. a storyline in a Hitchhiker's, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, if you recall. Oh, yeah. Astromatic drive. Yeah. Where it was powered by uh, robot waiters. Who, uh, anyways. Um, now, have you tried this thing called Word, Word Lens, Dave? No. You haven't heard of this? No. Oh, you got to get this. Okay. I, I forget how much it is, but I saw the videos for it. Yep. Now, this is something you wouldn't figure someone could do. It's not perfect, but you take a... Uh, so, I can't use it on the touch because I don't have a camera in mind. Oh, You basically... Right. It's a dynamic, almost real-time language translator. So you put it in front of something that's in another language, and it almost instantly translate it, translates it. Okay, well, it's Hence available the name. for free. 
Oh, it's free? Yeah, this should be called the Babelfish, right? Are you kidding? Yeah, speaking of hitchhikers, are you kidding me? No. No, no, no. It's, uh, no, I think it's 10, no, it's not free. It can't be free. Word Lens from Quest Visual, free on the App Store. Really? I wonder if it's a promo. I'm trying to pull it up, and it's, there it is. Ah, there's in-app purchases, which may be how they're making their money, which is fine. I, I, you know, everybody deserves to make a buck if they're making something decent. You know me. Uh, speaking of which, while I'm pulling this up, it's a perfect time to mention that we have our uh, Mac Geekab Premium. You get an extra two shows a month, 25 bucks for six months. And the warm, fuzzy feeling of supporting your two favorite geeks. Yeah, so this isn't coming up. Either my Wi-Fi network is dead, which I don't think it is, because otherwise you and I wouldn't be talking. Are you still there? Yep. Okay. So no, I was looking at their page. No, I think they charge for the language modules. So yeah. the app itself, I think, is free. But if you want it to translate, then you got to pay. But uh, still, it doesn't look like it's very expensive. I think like 10 bucks a pop here for uh, the various uh, translation modules. But, but it oh, looks almost cool. magical. Oh, yeah, I got to check this out. That's good stuff. I mean, especially for traveling. Oh, my gosh. Like, right. You know, if you see a menu, I mean, you know, I'd, <laughs> I think my Spanish is about the only language where I could get by um, and, and think I know what I'm ordering. But uh. right. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, all right. Another cool iPhone app that I found is called print sharing. Now, uh, this is print sharing from uh, I can't remember who it's from. Uh Huh. Can't remember this. It's called print sharing uh, from the same people that make air sharing. And I don't know why I can't remember the uh, name of the company, but uh, but it is it's print sharing. And the idea is there is air print now. Right. But, you know, you've got to uh, jump through all sorts of hoops to make that work. So, oh, it's Avatron. Of course, it's Avatron. So Avatron has a little piece of software that you can put on your computer to make uh, air print work. But if you've got an app that won't support AirPrint, you can send the data from that app to uh, Air Sharing or to Print Sharing rather, and then uh, and then you can print right from here again either to Apple's AirPrint if you happen to have a printer that's out there or a printer that's being shared using Avatron's uh, AirPrint, and it'll go and find. Uh, printers. In fact, it just found a printer at my, my house. I just installed a desk jet 1050 and that's being shared directly from my iMac. And, uh, and it does not show up with Apple's air print for whatever reason. And I don't know why, but, uh, but, uh, print sharing certainly finds that and, uh, using Avatron's print engine and off it'll go. So, uh, this is, uh, yeah, it's print sharing. And I don't know how much it is. Do you know how much this is? Or can, have you looked that up, John? Uh, that, that's a tough uh, term to. <laughs> uh, well, it's Avatron, A-V-A-T-R-O-N. I got it. I'll, I'll find it. Uh, come on now. I always like to give you folks the price when we do this stuff. And I write it down for most of them. And, uh, and I did not on this one. It is $2.99. Uh, and iTunes is going to launch, which might make... Uh, Okay, good. So yeah, it's two ninety nine, and uh, it found any. I think it basically finds any printer that's shared from any of your Macs, um, whether or not it's supported by Apple's AirPrint. So you know, you can take a message from Mail and send it to this uh, print sharing app, and then from print sharing, you can just print it off. So it adds one step to the process, certainly. But 
if your printer is not otherwise supported by AirPrint, it makes it possible. And, uh, and I like that. You got anything else, John? You've got a couple things left on your list, don't you? You know, I think I do. So let me get my list here. Yeah. Um, here's something. Okay. I actually did a gadget on Dave, and I think it's useful because we got this question in the past, and, and I don't think we really had a good answer. Okay. But I think this is now a good answer. So, so um, I'm not going to question the motives of people who want to do this, but there may be times when you do not want your IP address known. Okay. And normally, when you are connected to your ISP and you connect to someone remotely, right, they're going to know what your IP address is. Again, I, I, you know, I think it's a big deal most of the time. But I, I checked out um, this product and actually wrote a gadget, which I'll link to, um, called Anonym. Okay. And it's from a handy net. Uh, the, oh, the, the water The guy that also people. does a water roof. Yeah. And, and actually, he wrote to me saying, you know, check this thing out. I think you'll, uh, think you'll enjoy it. And it is the most seamless way that I've seen to anonymize your uh, web connection and maybe some other connections. I only did it for, uh, for web surfing, but it, it, what it does is it accesses a network of proxy servers. And if you know what proxy servers are, I mean, proxy servers, basically something you connect to and then it connects to someone else and it, you know, kind of acts as a go between, you know, so, some people use them in enterprises to kind of consolidate and control access. Sure. But there are people that have also set them up for, uh, for anonymization. And the nice thing about this is that what he does, so rather than some other products where you have to fiddle with your proxy settings, this reconfigures your network stack. Uh, or use some low-level Unix commands to basically, as soon as you click the button saying turn it on, it turns it on for the protocols that you select. Huh. It's pretty neat. Now, there's wow. some caveats. Now, of course, you know, if you go through proxy servers, especially if they're in other parts of the world, you know, it, it may slow down. Uh, he mentions that it may be illegal. I'm, I'm not aware of any U.S. laws that would prevent you from using this. Um, and it doesn't work for all protocols. But if, if okay. there's, a, and I don't think there's any way you can really select where you come out, which I guess is kind of the point. Because I know some people get, get we've gotten, you know, people asking, uh, you know, how can I look like I'm coming like from outside this area? Because sometimes they'll block access from certain countries uh, sure. or certain markets. Um, I'm not aware of any product that can let you get that fine level of control. But, uh, you know, I tried it out, you know, before I activated it, I ran, uh, you know, what is my IP? Right. Uh, clicked the button, did it again. And my IP address was different. So, um <sighs> So I'll link to the article on this, but, it, but, but I'd like the way that he did it because it, again, it doesn't require you to dig into your browser and set up the proxy settings and all that nastiness. It just, it just does it. Wow. Huh? Very cool. Cool. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And of course, you know, you like, I mean, like you said, you can use it for, there are many good purposes for which you would use that. And I'm it's sure like anything, it's a tool. That's right. It's just technology. It's neither good nor evil. That that's that, People are good or evil That's or intent right. <laughs> and, and, and companies too. at least Google. No. Well, <laughs> how about Apple? Oh, no, Apple doesn't have anything about evil or good in their corporate motto. Right, right. So. Right. So um, that's, uh, you know, I got one more toy. The, this one's really go. quick, though. Sure. So, um, you know, the batteries I have, you remember I sent in my batteries, you know, we talked about Apple care before and, and I actually, uh, had sent them in because I think, you know, I left them plugged in too much and whatever, eventually on the battery menu, it said service battery, which means, okay. that, you know, something's, something's up here and, uh, maybe it's eligible for replacement. And I actually, you know, called up Apple care. He had me submit uh, which is a neat thing in system profile. You can actually submit a report to them in real time. 
which was neat. And he looked at my numbers and he said, yep, we're going to send you new batteries. Good. And that was also shown in that, uh, you know, my support profile. Yeah. But, you know, my batteries are, are nearing, uh, or at least the one that I didn't donate to JetBlue <laughs> in the back of the seat, right. uh, is, is approaching its 300 charge limit. And it, it's starting to, to, you know, the capacity is going down. It's, it's not lasting sure. too, too long. Less than two hours now. Um, so a little while ago, I ordered from, uh, uh, there's something called the New Power Battery. Um, from newer and they make third, you know, third party batteries. This one happens to work. Uh, they only make them for the pre unibody 15 inch, uh, MacBook pros. Okay. Uh, and I actually ordered one in September and then they had a problem with their supplier and it was on back order and, and actually they, uh, the, they gave a small discount to, uh, people who, who had to wait so long, but it's only 99 bucks versus okay. 129 for Apple's battery but the other thing is this so this is a 58 watt hour battery and i I don't know if they over engineered it i think they did because it has an advertised capacity of 5400 milliamp hours but once i went through a calibration cycle it's now saying uh uh, using a battery health monitor it's now saying 5728 wow it's kind of funny that i look at the capacity it says oh your capacity is 105 percent or whatever that is oh that's awesome so and I think there's they're shortly going to come out with a uh, 60 watt hour batteries, but I think there's a, a an additional weight for that. So uh, okay, yeah. Apparently they got a batch of them and they, it didn't meet their standards. So uh, oh. so so there was a little weight, but but as far as I know, they're available right now. Um, but yeah, so I got two of those. So I am I am all set for uh, uh, MacWorld because I I, I want to have at least two batteries. Cool, cool. Uh, you know I I finally that app downloaded, dude. The, the the word lens thing so it's 10 Does bucks it, come with a- it comes with no language packs it's 10 bucks oh, okay. to add either english to spanish or spanish to english mm-hmm. uh hopefully they'll add other languages but what the demo does is it takes the words that it finds and reverses the letters which essentially proves that yep I, you know i i can do this i can you know if, if you plug a dictionary into me i'm going to be able to to swap things around and it's total augmented reality stuff. I mean, you're seeing it happening right in the view of the camera that you have on the eye on the iPhone. As soon as it recognizes a word, yeah. it reversed the letters. And I did. I put it right over our agenda. And instead of saying today's show, colon, cool stuff found, it said, you know, D-N-O-U-F-F-F-U-S-T. It, it's it, brilliant. Absolutely but, brilliant. But you know, I saw the video and at first my BS detector went off. I'm like, yeah, you know, somebody, <laughs> yeah. somebody just ha- put a video together because the, especially, I mean, the, you know, the, the processor in the iPhone isn't a real powerhouse. And you know, my, under- well, That's I guess language translation dic- gigahertz, right. You know, so, Oh, okay. Okay. And I guess actually language translation, if you have a dictionary and you have the storage is, isn't rocket science. No. But, uh, the fact that it can do it, you know, especially with what I consider, you know, not, not the best camera. I mean, it's a pretty good camera right. for, for a phone. Um, it, yeah. It, it, Man, yeah, again, it's, it's amazing. Like, it's, it's, it's almost like a universal translator. It's, I mean, this is like, it's Star weird Trek. though. I could see reading a menu and, you know, as you're scanning the thing down, it's, it's, it's translating all this stuff. It's bizarre. It's bizarre, man. You got it. Yeah. You got to check this out. Yep. Um, I can't. I know. I don't have the iPhone. I know. All right. Well, uh, I may. We'll, we'll find out tomorrow. That's right. Yeah. Who knows what's happening with Verizon tomorrow? That's right. Uh, we will see. Uh, probably many of you will already know by the time you hear the show. So uh, 
Speaking of iPads, though, and iPad cases, John Martellaro over at TMO, of course, uh, longtime TMO staffer, longtime Mac Geek Gab listener. Hi, John. Uh, s- reviewed the Zagmate case for iPad earlier this month. And we'll put a link, of course, up to his excellent review. But the concept behind this thing, you got to go see the pictures of it. But the idea is that it's a, a case that is a shell for the iPad uh, and protects it. But it's also got a keyboard in it. And of course it can act as a stand. So for somebody traveling, I can totally see where this would be fantastic because using the iPad with a keyboard really makes editing text so much easier uh, because you can move around with arrow keys on the keyboard as opposed to having to constantly tap the screen to find your insert points and all that. So, uh, so this, this sag case is pretty cool. And John, uh, John liked it quite a bit. Uh, he gave it four out of five. Uh, it is 99 bucks and, uh, and you can check out the review. And then of course, from the review, there'll be a link to the, uh, to the, to the product itself. So, and then lastly on my iPad, you know, we talked about earlier in the show, John, we were talking about, uh, remote access and, or Apple remote desktop or screen sharing and all that. Doing that from the iPad is interesting. Doing it remotely from the iPad, i.e. when you're not on your local network, it's very, very strange. Uh, and recently I purchased and have been testing out something called log me in for the iPad. Now log me in is a service slash software. You install, you have to install the software on your home computer first. It's a free download. You sign up for an account and once it's installed, then you can either, well, you can go to the log me in website, which believe it or not also works on the iPad it works right inside the browser, which sort of blew me away. Um, cause I assumed it would be some sort of Java applet, but they, whatever they did, they made it work. But the log me in app is way better than, than the browser support. And, uh, and it, it works great. You can control your screen. The, the, the controls are so intuitive for the iPad, you know, dragging a mouse cursor around on the iPad screen is something that's a little wacky. If you've ever tried to do it with any of these remote control apps, well, log me in has a way of, of doing that. You kind of grab the on-screen mouse and move it around. You have buttons to click. You can pull up a keyboard. You can make it go away. I, I, I was having a great time laying in bed the other morning, controlling my, uh, my iMac in the house and actually the iMac right here in the studio. And, uh, and it worked great. You know, I was able to launch apps. I was able to quit. I logged out of a couple things. I mean, it totally, the user interface worked really, really well. So, uh, so if you're looking for that, so, and of course, I was doing it on the local network, but because it's logged me in, it also kind of pierces firewalls in its own funky little way. And so you can, you know, you can do it. uh, You can do it that way too. And I believe it's 30 bucks. Yeah. It's 30 bucks for the, uh, for the app. So not cheap, but certainly uh, if you need that functionality, definitely worth it. And uh, you you don't have anything else. You're good. Right, John. I'm I'm out. (laughs) You're out. Uh, well, we've we've been at this for a little while, so I think it's time we can bring the band in. Yet another cool stuff found show coming to a close. <sighs> I always love these shows. They're well, I always say they're easy to prep. Really, they're things that we prep over time because you folks send in a lot of great cool stuff found, and uh, and I we just sort of file them all away, and then when the list gets long, we put them into an agenda, we organize it, and uh, off goes the show. So, uh, but they're really fun to do. 
And I know you folks appreciate them as well. If you have cool stuff found, or really, if you have anything you want to send us, be it a question, a comment, uh, a picture, a movie, a screenshot, whatever you like, you can email it to us at John Feedback at MacGeekGab. Com. Oh, no, 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 John. I throw you the ball and you get it. Oh, it's feedback at MacGeekGab.com. I did not drop the ball. <laughs> no, I did. <laughs> but that's not the only way you can get in touch with us, Dave. You can also pick up this uh, telephone, whether it be cell or landline or satellite or whatever the heck you have. And uh, you can call us at 206-666-GEEK, which is 4335 you can Skype us to Mac Geek Gab, and then you can also leave us iTunes comments because, you know, we love them. We can't respond to them. We uh, can't really do anything about them. Uh, we can't fix anything that, uh, that you say, but uh, they're there, and we appreciate it. It actually, really, those iTunes comments, what it does is it helps other users when they're looking for a podcast, uh, kind of helps navigate them to, to this one and... And that's a good thing, uh, frankly, for uh, for us and for you, because uh, without all of you, we can't do this and we wouldn't want to without you anyway, because you make it fun. So, Absolutely. And, and now what we have, Dave, also another way, um, as we mentioned, Twitter. That's right. And you probably noticed now, Dave. Well, well I've noticed. Uh, so now, uh, of course, the Twitter for the uh, podcast is Matt Geekab. Right. So, of course, we uh, tweet when the uh, MP3 comes out. I tweet when the show notes come out. And I believe now Michael is in on the action. At the moment that the enhanced version is available, you will also see that fact on the Mac Geekab Twitter feed. Of course, also, uh, if you would like to uh, follow me, I'm John F. Ron. If you want to follow Dave Hamilton, he's Dave Hamilton. Pilot Pete is Pilot Pete. Mac Observer is Mac Observer. It couldn't be easier. Well, it could. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, Michael Johnston, of course, is from the We Have Communicators podcast. Uh, and, of course, we appreciate his help converting the show to AAC for you every week. Cashfly at cashfly.com provides all the bandwidth for the podcast, getting it from us to you. And the podcast marketplace includes the A5 desktop speakers from Audio Engine, Yojimbo from Barebones Software, Text Expander from Smile, uh, Notebook from Circus Ponies, and of course, Air Radar from Coingo Software. All through the Backbeat Media Podcast Network. That's it, folks. We are out of here for this week, and uh, we'll be back next week. I'm going snowboarding again on, on Saturday. I think the kids are hooked, John. Wow. Well, yeah. based on what I know, Dave, you may have some snow. This may be the region crippler. I'm hoping for it, man. I'm looking forward to it. Have a great week, folks. Stay safe. Stay warm. Don't get caught.